show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors Radio Program. It is, in fact, the Data Doctors Radio Program, which means it's time to listen, laugh, and learn once again. Welcome back to the program, the multi-award-winning tech show for us non-tech people. Us non-tech people. Okay, for the for you non-tech You people. non-tech people. You're pretty techy. All right. Each and every week, we help thousands of people with their broken computers and technology issues in our stores, in their offices, and homes all across the country. Then we bottle up that experience and bring it here to help all of you. We are the Data Doctors du jour, Ken and Spanky, here to provide education and entertainment that we like to call edutainment. The cell phone hits middle age. Is it having a midlife crisis? It is. And also, Facebook announces a new phone experience. And since we're talking about phones, let's talk about the rise of Android adware. On it. Online. On demand. Datadoctors.com. Datadoctors.com slash radio. Listen live. Download podcasts. And get helpful links. Datadoctors.com. Datadoctors.com slash radio. Happy birthday to to you. you. Uh Happy birthday to you. Are we going to get sued for that? I don't know. Happy birthday. Boy, the phone, the cell phone, celebrating its 40th birthday. It's 40 years old. I can't believe the cell phone. It doesn't seem that it's... Well, it's already had children. <laughs> the smartphones yes. came out of cell phones. Correct. Correct, Amendo. Oh, my gosh. I, when I saw the story in the middle of the week, I stopped for a second because I'm thinking to myself, wait a second, I'm not that old. And I'm looking at this thing going, wow, is it really 1973 when the first cell phone came out? And, of course, nobody could afford them then except for the elitist snobs. What uh-huh. goes... <laughs> and now here we are 40 years later and look at the evolution of these devices that started out as like these mammoth huge little little wacky cell phone trivia though what you know the uh alexander graham bell watson yes yes come here whatever because he spilled acid on himself or whatever <laughs> the first the first cell phone call was made by martin cooper so he placed the first mobile phone call in the streets of New York. But what's really fun is that he phoned his rival at the Bell Labs. Basically, <laughs> basically the very first cell phone call is to go, Neener, neener, neener. We got it figured out. <laughs> uh, N- now, of course, back then, if, if you weren't willing to spend three or $4,000 on this big mammoth, what, three-pound device yeah. that you carried around that basically had a talk time. Are you ready for this? Talk time of... 20 minutes. Wow. So if you go, if you bitch and moan about your cell phone battery today, uh-huh. can you imagine having a 20-minute battery $4,000. Yes. 20 minutes of talk time. But and you know what? Back then, you were something. What was the cost? What did something it call? special. What was your cost per minute back then? Oh, it was ridiculous. I can recall in the early days of Data Doctors, obviously, we, you know, being mobile, Trying to help businesses and running around. I, can, I, can I lived. It, can remember you say the, it like this? I remember back in I the remember. day. Hello, Doctor Blakeman. <laughs> the uh, the Motorola Brick yes. was, was the first s- cell phone that I used. The Dynatac. The Dynatac, yes. Okay. Eight thousand, I think it was. Now I didn't buy it when it first came out, like in the mid eighties, when it was like four grand. Four grand, <laughs> yeah. It, it was definitely it definitely came down, but I recall having mobile bills in the twelve to fifteen hundred dollar a month range. <laughs> Oh my God! Because the cost per minute was pretty high, sure. but, but at the time that was a in lieu of a pseudo second person or secretary or whatever. It was right. just it was just a cost of doing business, and back there was then. no data plan to pay for, so you were good there. Yeah, it was just voice time, right? 
and, and there was know, no texting. Yeah, and then you want to do long distance on a cell phone, you're going to get killed. So the evolution of these devices, I, you know, that was, I remember the brick. I, so I, here, here's a fun exercise to go through, because yeah. Spanky and I did this. You do this, too, because you, you've all done it this. It was very entertaining. We did this before we did the show, before to, we got on the air here. Try to remember, remember the lineage of your smartphone evolution, right? So mine was the Motorola brick to a StarTAC. Remember that? Uh-huh. The StarTAC. That was the first flip phone. Right. From there, I went to a... Did I go Trio? I think I went Palm Trio. Right. Right, because the PDA thing that came about. And wait, you got a phone and a PDA all in one. Personal digital assistant. Oh, I thought it was a um, display of affection. Then I went to a newer, or at the time, the BlackBerry, as it was starting to really kind of become right. a CrackBerry, right? Um, and then to the iPhone. Right. And that's where you've been since. And I went, Multiple iPhones. But, but we were having fun. We've got a, a list of the 12 most influential phones, and you can actually go back and see your history of phones. So I started also with a StarTac, jumped up from that to a Nokia. Um, 3210, I think, was the number. Um, then I jumped to an Ericsson phone, which had this little... I, I called it the nipple. It was this device that helped me navigate the screen. But, God, I broke it. every. Like, if I pushed too hard, I would break Bing. the thing. yeah. And then from there, I went to a trio, and then from there to the iPhone, and I've never looked back. Here's one that a lot of folks may or may not remember, especially if you were in the hip crowd. Remember the sidekick? Oh, my God. They had that first slide-out keyboard. Slide-out keyboard, that's right. They were really hot with younger kids because— Well, you could text. Yeah, Yeah. you can. And and that was when most of us were going, why don't you (laughs) pick up the phone? You're so unsociable. Why are you texting all the time? And today we're going— you kids are brilliant. Yeah. Why are you calling me? Just send I'm, me a text. This is so much more efficient. Yeah. Well, you know, the evolution of, of these phones over the last 40 years has really, it's changed the landscape of the way we do business, the way we live, the way we function. And now with smartphones, I mean, these cell phones are computers now. They're not just... Um, I, I, would, uh, I would suggest that, and Mark Zuckerberg talked about this during his announcement last week, Smartphones are going to be the first computer that a lot of people in this world ever experience. Yeah. The notion of the desktop or laptop computer in a lot of, especially in, in uh, third world countries where mobile is such a, a huge platform and primar- primarily the only way that people can, can, uh, can com- afford to communicate. Right. Their notion of a computer is that device. Well, and as these devices become more popular, and of course, Android is the popular. Most popular. Most popular platform. Yes. Um. Adware is on the rise with Androids, big time. So that's different from malware. Right. Malware is malicious software. Adware is advertising programs. Right. And if you're an Android user and you're not actually paying attention, th- there's a cool thing that's built into the Android platform that basically tells you what an, uh, an application you've downloaded, what it's going to d- access on your phone. You have to approve that. It actually tells you, hey, and, this and is going to want this information, right. this information. It's the equivalent of the next, 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 I agree. And too many people with Android devices aren't listen, are looking at that. Basically, they can gain access to your entire address book, to your web history, whatever, without you really realizing what you agreed to. So especially with those free apps, because they're much more prevalent on Android, watch out for what they're getting from you. I would just go back to the Motorola brick, okay? <laughs> Still ahead, tips for troubleshooting irritating browser issues. Also after the break, Windows 7 is harder to get unless you know where to look. Coming up on the Data Doctors radio program. 
Hey, it's the Data Doctors. Hey, lots of you come to our stores when you have computer problems. Many of you rely on our award-winning Data Doctors in-home service, where our Data Doctor comes to you. Yeah, house calls. Some of you take advantage of Data Doctors remote repair, so we fix your problem right over the internet. But did you know that we can help your office, too? That's right. Whether your office has two... 20 or 200 computers, Data Doctors Business Services takes the pain of managing your office technology away. Instead of using the Band-Aid approach to your office technology, put the experience of Data Doctors Business Services team to work for you. You'll be amazed at how much more you can get done when you're not trying to run a business and your IT department. Go to datadoctors.com and let us take away the pain. In store. At home. Over the internet. In your office. What are you waiting for? Go to datadoctors.com right now. (laughs) Like he said, go to datadoctors.com and get ready to experience award-winning service data doctors since 1988 we're the tech guys for non-tech people it's the tech show for non-tech people this is the data doctors radio program if you're listening to us right now you may be one of them data doctors radio program insider if you wait a second Subscribe to our email. Watch the circular reference here. Here we go. (laughs) If you subscribe to our email newsletter, you too can become a Data Doctors Insider. What does that mean? You can hear the program before everyone else. Go to datadoctors.com slash radio, sign up today, and get click and listen access. It's the tech show for non-tech people. The tech show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors radio program. I almost made a circular reference. And you won't get the divide by zero error. All Excel spreadsheet references for those of you that live in that world. Hey, Facebook is the place that we encourage you to ask any of your tech questions anytime you have them. 24 7, 365. Doesn't mean we're going to answer them that quickly, but that's right. You can ask them anytime you'd like. And Tom did. He said, I've got Windows 7 64 bit and recently did a critical update from my Microsoft. I upgraded IE9 to IE10. It worked fine until my system went to sleep mode, and after 30 minutes of no use, when I woke it up, Everything froze. It wouldn't go through shutdown sequence. I waited 15 minutes. The window uh, in the window shuts down screen. I held the start button. I repeated the update again a couple of days later with the same result. I've heard others have had the same experience with IE10 and the sleep mode. Do you have any answers for us, sir? Boy, we have multiple ways to use this question to help people. First is, um, anytime you're going from a a, a version of a piece of software that the number changes before the decimal. So in this case, it was 9 to 10. So it wasn't like 9 to 9.1 or 9.2, right? Minor upgrade. So whenever that's a huge, when, it, when the number is changing in front of the period, that means it's a pretty major update. So whenever that's out there, that's one of the reasons why, uh, you know, becoming a fan of ours on Facebook, we can help you avoid some of these traps and issues. We try to monitor new upgrades and new upgrade recommendations from these manufacturers. Um, if you're in that first million or so that does it, you're also going to be the first million or so that's going to be a guinea pig. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so we try to monitor the landscape to figure out what kind of problems are happening with these upgrades. And not just with your computer. I mean, how many times with iOS 6, right? Ugh. The 6, 6.1. Even the minor upgrades right, sometimes. The battery issues that occur because of it, or, you know, this doesn't function now, or where did this go, that go? So anytime you're faced with that upgrade issue, a common thing that our friends are doing on Facebook is they're actually asking us, here's my situation. I have this device. It's telling me that I should upgrade. What's your opinion? Are people having problems with this upgrade? So feel free to do that 
as a, as a free service that we provide yeah, at Facebook. Do it before you actually do the upgrade and wait, let us answer you. So, A, that would be... Now, the freezing part, it sounds like the whole system is freezing, if, if I read that question properly. Okay. Okay. So, if the entire computer is freezing from an upgrade of a browser, it could be the browser, could be issues... But that generally is an indication if the computer itself is going to freeze, especially if 64-bit Windows 7. Windows 7 is capable of part, portioning off uh, apps that are, that are locked up or frozen so that it doesn't destroy the entire platform. Right. So if it is, that's generally an indication there's something else going on on the computer. So whenever you have these weird problems, don't just assume it's that one thing you just did. You can generally count on it being many levels deep. So the fact that you're having that kind of a problem Tom, I'd suggest you have somebody that understands how to check out the integrity of the operating system to, to look around in the registry and whatever, see if there's any indications of malware or other corruption. You may have been kissing another computer. Something like that. There's also a possibility of a, a, a plug-in, an add-on. That's a very common thing yeah. now with browsers. You can add these special features on. Well, A, if you don't know who the manufacturer the creator of the add-on is and they don't write really good code it can really cause crazy problems right. like there this. are good add-ons yeah. and there are bad add-ons and you can add too many right and then, and then you, you end up with this right and so even the, if they're all good add-ons they can suck your system dry so there's a whole process that we've created or we we wrote about a while back and we're going to post that we have that posted up on our our uh, radio show page datadoctors.com slash radio the steps you can go through for troubleshooting browser crashes and browser issues and one of the key parts is to make sure you have more than one browser so you can figure out, is it the operating system, is it the browser? But the step-by-step and our guidance on how to manage and how to deal with these browser issues, datadoctors.com slash radio. So the other day, a buddy of mine calls me, and, and you know everybody jokes because I'm the Mac guy, but a buddy of mine calls me and goes, dude, I'm having a hard time. I'm in the stores. I'm looking for a new computer. I can't find any, any computers with Windows 7. And I'm like, well, first of all, why didn't you call me first? And second of all, how come you can't buy Windows 7 in most stores these days? Well, if you're going to go to traditional retail stores that uh-huh. are basically focused on just consumers, right. they're just toeing the line from the manufacturers, right? They just It's not like they sit down and strategize, okay, let's make sure that we have this for these kinds of customers. Sure. They just go to Dell or not Dell, but the HP and Compaq, whatever, that, these different manufacturers. And they say, well, what, what's your latest right. offering? And they just take what's there. And, you know, it's just mindless. Willy-nilly. Well, it's just, yeah, it's whatever they're feeding them, right? So Windows 8 is the new version of Windows. Why would I sell the old version? Right. But the problem is, in the case of my friend, he wanted Windows 7 because he's got all these Windows 7 apps. He wants to stay in that environment. He's not ready I to tell make you, the it's jump. A, there's a real easy way to understand how to find a Windows 7 machine. Okay. If you, if you have to buy a new computer mm-hmm. and you want Windows 7, which, you know, lots of people, there's lots of reason, here's the key. Find someone that supports businesses. That's all you have to do. Find a computer company that part of what they do, or maybe all of what they do, is support businesses. Because businesses are not going to migrate to Windows 8 for years. Right. They're going to Because be these... they don't want to go through the, the, the problems and the compatibility issues. And it's, uh, We have a business to run. I don't want to mess around with this stuff. I don't want to have to go and try to figure out all these issues. Let somebody else do that in a year or two when Windows 8 has been, you know, it's 8.1 or whatever, blue, whatever's coming out next. Let somebody else go through that pain. I got a business to run. So that's why businesses typically are going to focus on this. And this is where I'll get into the shameless plug part of this, Ken. Get her done. 
If you are looking for a Windows 7 computer, Duh. do you know we actually sell them still? Well, I, I think it's probably the best kept secret out there, right? Yeah. We've been custom building computers. For years. For Yeah, since the beginning for the most part. Uh, and primarily because everyone's needs are slightly different. So when you go to a store that basically is just off the shelf and it's, a, it's one size fits all, well, then you get kind of crammed into that box. Right. Businesses, which we've been supporting since the beginning, in our 25 years of supporting folks with technologies, from the beginning, it's been businesses. So this need to have the freedom of choice, that's what we call it, freedom of choice. In fact, if you really needed Windows XP as a business, we could still get that for you. We know how to do that. So find somebody in your neck of the woods that supports businesses, and you'll get what you need. Coming up, the rumor's been swirling for months. The Facebook phone has arrived. We'll tell you all about it. It's the tech show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors Radio Program. Hey, Instagram launched their Android app a year ago, so where are they now? Find out if you like data. Mm-hmm. And we got data for you at datadoctors.com slash radio. The growth has been phenomenal. Guess who's outpacing who? Hello? It's the Data Doctors radio program. Got a tech question? Get an answer in English. Ask us now at, at facebook.com slash By the way, if you like to watch trends, you will see the trendy folks, i.e. the younger folks, leaving Facebook in droves. You know where they're going? Hmm. Instagram? Instagram. It's amazing. Instagram has become a cleaner way to kind of kind of have that Facebook experience. They but have it's less just, to say. They like pictures because it's, pictures it's, it's, it's very visual. It's quick and dirty. You don't get into all the, Instagram. here's like, my political view. It's like a picture book because people can't read anymore. Nobody Smartphones yeah. have made us dumb. What? We're all, <laughs> we're all looking at pictures and that's what works for us these days. We'll hey, see. We, so we started the program by celebrating the cell phone's 40th birthday. And uh, now l- let's talk about some of the facts and rumors and actual information that came out this week about the Facebook phone. Which da, da, da. no such thing as a Facebook phone. Oh, every, it was the most anticipated. Every, new, everybody was talking every about Every media it. outlet that's calling this a Facebook phone or has called it a Facebook phone mm. is a moron. It's not a Facebook phone. Let me guess. It's a phone that you can use Facebook on. So my iPhone is a Facebook phone, essentially. No. No? Different. Well, I mean, if you're going to use the uneducated parameters that sure, uh, a lot that of people the in the media... news media does, yeah. sure. So wh- what was announced this week, there were two separate things. And, and let's start with the smallest of them. The Android phone that has got this new Facebook app natively built into it. It's the HTC... Oh, forget the phone. Okay, forget the phone. The phone's completely irrelevant. Well, I should have said, it's the smallest of the two things. It's not even, it's not even worth talking about. So really. forget them? I forget it. All right. Let's talk reality. Facebook Home. Yes. So the folks at Facebook, really their, their motive is to get you to use Facebook more. So what they've spent time doing is trying to solve a common problem we all have. And they legitimately have what they believe, and just based on what we've seen so far, it's a reasonable solution to a, you know, a, a minor irritation that we all have, but we have them almost every day. And l- let, let me walk you through that irritation because mm, I am a smartphone user, and this will probably speak to all of you. Have you ever been uh, checking a text message, and all of a sudden you get that bling from Facebook that you've got 
a message, a private message from a friend. And so you have to press that. That launches the Facebook app, takes you away from your text message completely. And then when you're done with that, oh, wait, i got to go back to my home button. What was I doing? Okay, back to my text message. It, it's very well, disruptive. Messi- well, messaging is not consolidated. Right. It's all and, over the place. Right. So you got text messaging, you have Facebook messaging, you have all these different messaging systems. And then you have the workflow of your apps. And then you have, well, two people texted me at the same time. Right. I mean, there's so there's a lot of those things that we just put up with right now. And what Facebook's trying to do is make it more about how we communicate and the fact that these things do happen and not having to flip back and forth between apps and remembering, oh, wait, uh, I got texted a half an hour ago. I forgot to, to look at this again. It just gives you the ability. It's like a multi-user interface for messaging. Right. And it's a very slick. So Facebook introduced this thing called Home, Facebook Home. Um, you can uh, get the free download for what is it? April twelfth. Well, you can, <laughs> it, but but it's it only works on specific Android devices, like a handful, like three or four. Right. So we've got a link to where you can get the app, and and you can find out if your phone is one of them. Galaxy S three users, you're going to be one of the crowd, right. That can do this. But that's a big that's a big that percentage. Is, I mean, a lot hey, of people yeah. bought that phone. It's like two HTC devices and two Samsung devices. And I'm sure that when the S four, you know, is going to be on that list, you would think at some point. Um, so, so what do they do differently? They have these things on the on the the operating or on the Facebook app called chat heads. The chat heads is interesting, and and I really thought that was very cool. So, what happens is if if you're in an app, you're checking I don't know email or you're reading a document on a website, and somebody messages you either via text, SMS, or inside Facebook, a little icon pops up. It's a chat head. It's a circle with a picture of the person that's messaged you, and it briefly shows you the the kind of the header of the message. But that chat head stays there floating with a number next to it that tells you how many missed messages you have. You don't have to close the app you're in to look at it. All you have to do is tap that person's face. And, and it, it pops up over the top. And it pops do. up over the top. And when you're done. You know, it occurs to me, somebody else kind of started down this path and tried to solve this problem. Who was uh, that? And make it more about, here's a person and here's all the ways I can communicate with them. Right. Microsoft, the Windows phone. That was one of the first things that we noticed in mm. the Windows phone that we said, whoa, this is so much better than the iPhone and Android because Microsoft makes it about, okay, here's this person. Right. Here's their Facebook connection. Here's their Twitter connection. Here's their email address. Here's their phone number. Here's their, all that information is just right there. So however you want to communicate with them, you can do. So they're approaching it in a different way. But if you're, if you're dealing with this issue and you love the Android platform, take a look at Facebook's home skin. Again, only a... You know, a small percentage of people that are using this. Now, they are c- going to come out with a tablet version of this as well. It's going to take a little while. Right. And it'll support most of the Android devices down the road. Um, but in the lock screen, for instance, before you even do anything, you can be standing in the line at the grocery store. You don't have to unlock your phone, go into the Facebook app and see what's going on. Any of the, the stuff that your friends are posting or whatever just kind of shows up on the home screen and you can just flip through it and connect and one of the questions I'm going to have about all of this is security. Security. That's the first thing I started if somebody, thinking of. If somebody, if they, they don't have to unlock your phone to look at this stuff, that seems like it'd be a security issue as well. So, bottom line is, more to come on this. Obviously, stay tuned. Visit with us on Facebook, facebook.com slash data doctors. And we'll tell you about the Facebook home system as we learn about it. Coming up, we'll give you some scam warnings. And also, why is your browser redirecting you? Firefox version 20. Should you get it? 
It's finally here. It's time to buy a new PC. But you're stuck. Hey, it's the Data Doctors here to help get you unstuck. When you buy a new PC from Data Doctors, we actually custom configure it right down to your operating system. Windows 7, or the new Windows 8. Now, if you're ready to be a trailblazer with your new Data Doctors PC, we'll configure it with the new Windows 8. But let's say you're not ready to jump feet first into the pool. If you like what you're used to, we can custom configure a Data Doctor system with Windows 7. We even have a third option. We can install Windows 8, but give you the look and feel you're used to, you know, the start button and all, and that way you're ready to go. And with any Data Doctors PC purchase, we transfer all the important stuff from your old computer for free. Windows 7 or Windows 8, Data Doctors gives you the freedom to choose. Oh, and if you have a PC and you want us to handle the upgrade, we can do that too. Now, get ready to experience award-winning service from Data Doctors. To find the location nearest you, go to datadoctors.com right now. Data Doctors. Since 1988, we're the tech guys for non-tech people. It's the tech show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors radio program. Hey, uh, forget the Prius. If you're tired of looking like it's a this generation's minivan, check out Porsche's Panamera SE Hybrid. It's their first plug-in electric car, and it's a mere $99,000. I don't want to plug something in that's $100,000. <laughs> $99,000 car. If I can afford the car, I can afford the gas. I'll stick with my douchey little uh, Prius. Go. They're Trekkies, and they're techies. We are neither. This is the Data Doctors Radio Program. This is the Data Doctors Radio Program. I mean, really? ninety-nine grand for a car that plugs into the wall? Well, I mean, if you think about it from the standpoint of they want to be eco-friendly. Sure. Can you imagine the carbon footprint generated to create one Panamera? <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of a, I'm environmentally sensitive. Uh, jumbo shrimp. It's like it's George like Carlin. yeah, it's like buying a Porsche because I'm an I'm a tree hugger. Not working. Well, for yeah, me. you know what? Never know. Tree huggers uh, are becoming you know. Sure. More uh, older, wealthier. <laughs> Facebook.com/slash Data Doctors. That's the place you can ask your question. As Kathy did, she said every time I go to Google something, something, and then click on it, I get a redirect. What can I do to get rid of it? So she goes to Google something. She clicks on what she's going to Google, yeah. and it redirects her somewhere else. So you have been hijacked. You've been infiltrated by a piece of malware that's known as a hijack. A hijacker basically takes whatever you're looking for and says no matter what you're looking for, it, it, it kind of runs you into this dark alley on the Internet. Um, Unfortunately, the how do I get rid of it part gets a little complicated. So if you're up for the task, we've posted some information on common ways to get rid of hijackers. It's lots of steps, lots and lots and lots of steps. Um, The bigger thing here, Kathy, is that if you got this hijack in in your system, that probably means that whatever you're using for security ain't good enough. Right. Or you didn't keep it updated. Or you didn't update your operating system issues. Um, you didn't keep the browsers updated because that's you know that's typically how they're going to sneak in is through the browsers. So once you get this cleaned up, whether you do it yourself and you can look at these step by step instructions and see is this something I you know I'm up to feel up to, uh, or you know what maybe it's time to get some help. But the bigger thing is whoever helps you or whatever you do, don't just remove this and go about your business. Right. 
folks, you have to start thinking in terms of, I got this somehow. Right. How, how did, did I, I get, get this? Because if you don't take that extra step to figure out how you got this, you're going to get it again. Likely. Right. Because you, you didn't fix the hole that allowed this to sneak in. You wouldn't touch a hot pan more than once. You learn your lesson. You go, ah, not going to do that again. And those of you listening, we've been servicing computers for 25 years. Let me give you some advice if you want to try to be in the computer service business. So you don't give us folks a bad name. Take the extra time to go past the symptom. Always look for the cause. The analogy I use whenever I talk to people. New people to the computer world or the people that don't really care about being thorough are like going to a doctor and saying, Doc, I have this rash. And he says, here's some ointment. You put the ointment on and go away. Yeah. These doctors, when you say, Doc, I got this rash, the first thing we're going to do is go, let's check your vitals. And let's try to figure out why you have the rash. I would actually go, ew. Yeah, you probably would. Yeah. I'm okay. 25 years of this, I've seen it all. Um, You have to figure out what the cause of the rash is if you're going to be thorough. The same holds true when it comes to your computer and whoever's providing you with your computer help. Those of you that are just getting into this, because I know we've got lots of folks that are in the computer business that listen to the show, which is great. We welcome all that, and we're happy to give you our guidance after 25 years, the number one thing I will tell you is you must be thorough. And I think a lot of people, when they say, what's it cost to have something done, and you give them a price, they're going, oh, it's so expensive. It is because we're thorough. If you don't want that, that's great, but you're not probably, you're going to spend more money over the long haul because somebody's just going to do these quick fixes, quick fixes, and not figure out what the actual cause of the problem is. Right, it's going to keep coming back. So do not... Whenever you get an infection, whenever you get anything like that, try to do the best you can to kind of reverse engineer, do some investigating as to why did this happen? Was it a user behavior? Was it a lack of keeping things updated? Was it whatever? And learn from that so you can try to avoid these things. These bad guys that create this code expect you to be lazy and clueless. Don't fall for their trap. Hey, if if you uh, subscribe to us, um, you know, go to our YouTube, uh, excuse me, man, my mouth is not working. Hello. <laughs> Thank you. If you subscribe to our weekly newsletter, you get all these tips, tricks, and warnings we give you. But during the week, we post warnings on our Facebook page. And if you're not following us on Facebook, you're missing out. Have you seen the DHL scam warning that people We see it all, the DHL, we see UPS or whatever. What we do is because we work with so many different businesses and so many different mail servers, we monitor traffic on our own mail servers and then through our clients' uh, systems as well for very clear indications that there's a widespread scam being spread through all these different mail servers. Um, And so when we see those things, we try to get a visual to take a screenshot Put a big warning on it. We'll post it on our Facebook page so that you can, you know, visually just look at this real quick and go, okay, if I see that in my inbox, yeah, I know don't it's a touch scam, it. Yeah, delete it. So if you want to make sure you get all our warnings and updates, you can turn on the uh, get notifications options on our page. And, and it's very simple to do. So it, it, let's, let's make our pitch first. Okay. Here's why we deserve to be one of the few that you do this with. Because you wouldn't want to do this with every page that you Because then buy. it becomes noise on Facebook. Well, so you know how you get that little red one? little notification at the top when a friend has commented on something or posted or whatever you can do the same thing with our alerts 
So most of what we post on our Facebook page are to help you keep from getting infected or taken advantage of or whatever. So just float your mouse over the liked button and, you, and a, and a uh, pop-up should come up that gives you the opportunity to turn on get notifications. And when you do that, life will be good for you. We'll keep you up to speed. You're listening to The Tech Show for non-tech people, the Data Doctors radio program. Remember, ask us your questions anytime, facebook.com slash data doctors. We've been helping folks with computer and technology issues for 25 years. We're experts at this stuff. We can help you in our stores, in your home, at your business. We can even remote, remote right in over the internet and take care of all your problems. You like the program yes? yes yes let your friends around the world know they too can listen laugh and learn the data doctors can be heard worldwide on stitcher radio hour number two just ahead with more stuff Get and some junk tech answers in english at datadoctors.com slash radio it's the tech show for non-tech people this this is the data, is the doctors, data doctors radio program, program. <laughs> <laughs> Tech show, tech show for non-tech people. This, this is, is the, the Data, Data Doctors, Doctors Radio program. program. Time once again to listen, laugh, and learn. Welcome back to the Data Doctors Radio Program, the multi-award-winning tech show for you non-tech people. Hey, during the week, we spend our time helping businesses and individuals with networking and data recovery and all kinds of problems with their technology, and then we bring that experience right here to you on this show every week. When things go to crap... Who are you going to yeah, call? When the chips are down. That's right. Oh, yeah. Huh? There you go. We are the Data Doctors. Ken over there. Me, Spanky, here to provide education and entertainment. We call it edutainment. edutainment. Hey, has your business network started to crawl? We have a potential cause for you to think about. And will you ever see the Facebook dislike button? And what the heck is Wolfram Alpha? Better answers than the guys overseas. The guys overseas. Or Uncle Jim's nerdy son. It's the Data Doctors Radio Program. It's the tech show. The tech show for non-tech people. My my document here says H-E double hockey sticks. Yeah. Oh, we can say that now because we're not. I can about say whatever I want. FCC. Hey, uh, Facebook.com slash Data Doctors. Yes. Why? Why not? No. That that's why. That's where you can. No, connect. no. That's where you can ask why. Why? Why is this happening to me? And Khalid did just that. Yes. He said, is there a way to hide the SSID on my Wi-Fi hotspot? Yes. Thank you. Moving on. Yes. In honor of... Uh, it's the time for Geek Speak. Yeah. By the way, let's, let's break that down a little yes. bit. SSID, basically. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. No. I was going to say something witty. Go ahead. Super secret identity. Yeah. Well, if you hide it. That's right. It so basically, that's the name that you give your wireless device, your yes, router. Your router. Um, so if you bought a Linksys device, factory default is Linksys. And so when you leave your SSID at the factory default, what you're telling hackers is you probably left the administrative password at the factory default, which right. you probably didn't even know existed, um, and that you are going to be a better target for them because you, you probably just left everything, you know, I, I can go online and figure out exactly what it is that uh, uh, that you used for your password. Bugs Bunny would call them a maroon. A maroon, yes. So step one is to always change the name of the router to something unique, but never your last name. And unless you're doing it for promotional purposes, not your business name. Because what you're doing is inviting people 
they're going to now know, okay, this is who that is. Mm-hmm. And you just never know who around you might want to take advantage of the fact that they know that it's you. The bad guys. Or your business. So always use some crazy encrypted, doesn't make any sense, or, you know, uh, FBI monitoring station or something, you know, fun, um, for your SSID. The way you turn off that, it's, it's called the SSID broadcast. So you need to look in the help section or go on the support page of the manufacturer of your particular, you know, if it's Linksys, go to Linksys support, put in your model number, and then search for SSID, turn off SSID broadcast. Stop broadcasting the fact that you're there. You then become hidden from the noise. You know how you pick up a, you open up your phone and it shows you all these Wi-Fi hotspots? Yours won't show up anymore because you've turned off the broadcast. It doesn't mean it's not possible to find and people that want to sniff around can, but you just that's just one extra step. So then you would have to know the name of the SSID. The SSID you're going to have to know the name of that router to be able to connect to it because it's not going to be there visibly. Right. It's invisible. So it's a nice extra layer of security. We'd highly recommend that you do that. I yeah. have I have no music there, Mr. Colburn. Try it again. I don't no? know. It's not working. Oh. Wiki, 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 yeah. wiki, 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 Off, on, wiki, off. Wiki. Hey, how about restart? I don't Let's know reset. Why it's, it's not working. Oh, there it is. Weird. Don't you gotta, like that. You got to have the music. There. We had a button or a button little failure. Something like that. Each week during this segment, we bring you a little taste of the vernacular. Of the technology world. Yeah, we do like to call it the Geek Speak of the Week. And we gotta have the music. And these muttonheads like to whisper it like it's something cool. It is Geek Speak of the Week. This week's Geek Speak is cell phone salute. And Spanky, since this is something you do, you've admitted it. <laughs> I do. You explain to people what a cell phone salute is. Well, first of all, we're doing this in honor of the cell phone's 40th birthday this week. I am not. I am. Okay. So a cell phone salute is something that you do when, when, when you attempt to send or receive a text message and you have little to no reception and you raise your cell phone up into the air thinking that somehow it's magically going to give you better reception. I just go higher. I'll get more bars. I do it all the time. And I'm one and of it's the, worked how many times? It's never worked. Okay. And but you it, do it why? It makes you feel good. It's just, it is? it's just like when the elevator button is pressed and it's lit up and people keep pressing it. As long as it's lit, it's it's doing its thing. So the visual is that you're basically holding it up in the air. Are you saying Achtung? Yeah. <laughs> I'm holding it like the Statue of Liberty. Ah. Okay, it's the torch, and I'm trying to... G- I'm reaching for bars. And once again, for clarity, it works how many times? Uh, it's worked no times. So the cell phone salute, folks, is completely pointless. But we still do it. Yes. and I'm I, not the only one who does this. And I disagree with you. Tapping that elevator button, even though it's lit, tapping <laughs> it multiple times makes the elevator come up faster. Then I'm going to keep pressing my, my holding my cell phone up in the air because it, it's working for me. Wait, no, it's not. Ever. Hey, if you're a business owner or you work in a business, had an interesting thing happen this past week that we thought we'd share with you that might actually help you understand some things that are going on in your business that maybe you want to change. We were working on a business network that was having this massive bandwidth issue. In other words, the the internet connection they had was really slow because there was a lot of stuff being used, even though it shouldn't be that level. And generally what that means is that you have malware on one or two or maybe a lot of machines. But there's software that's basically just constantly sending out junk 
through the through the connection, right? right. Uh, usually, it's from a, being part of a botnet. Your machine or a machine on your network is just basically, without you even knowing it, just spewing all this stuff out on the internet, trying to infect other people or whatever. And a lot of times, you'll get a, a notice or a warning from your internet service provider when this is happening. Um, but when you have these bandwidth issues, you have to go back and look at all the machines and make absolutely sure that they're not infected. Right. And so one by one, they w- had to go through and pull... No, they, d- they, they looked at the antivirus program on each machine. Oh, we, right. lo- we looked at them, and it, there was a bunch of free ones. Microsoft Security Essentials, AVG, Avera, a bunch of these others. Various. They all said, these machines are clean. Right. We use Trend Micro, the pay version. Sure enough, found infections, cured them, what have you. There's another reason why... You shouldn't, in a business, use free antivirus. It's Ever. just not enough protection. So, And you shouldn't use different antivirus on different machines. You should use the same solution across the whole system. Still ahead, why are you still using AOL? How hard is it to switch? It's coming up on the Data Doctors radio program. Business owners, if you're tired of playing whack-a-mole with your business technology, help is just a phone call away. Whether you have three or 300 computers, call us, the Data Doctors, to schedule a free technology assessment and get a prescription to relieve your pain. Imagine putting the days of technology problems behind you. Let the collective intelligence of Data Doctors Business Services allow you to focus on your business, not your technology problems. Call 888-545-1988 and schedule your free technology assessment today. Quit struggling with technology on your own. Get the experience of Data Doctors Business Services team for less than the cost of a single IT person. (laughs) We've seen it all. We've been helping businesses with their technology for nearly 25 years, and we can help you too. Get relief today so you can be more productive tomorrow. Call 888-545-1988 to schedule your free business technology assessment today. That's 888-545-1988. It's the tech show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors Radio Program. Hey, you. Yeah? You. You there. Yes. Want to hear the Data Doctors Radio Program before anyone else? Of course you do. It's easy. Become a Data Doctors Insider. It's absolutely free. Just sign up for our weekly newsletter and... Bada bing, bada boom, you'll get instant access right in your inbox. Click and listen. Are you confused about something tech? Ha, you didn't hear it from us. It's the tech show for non-tech people. The Data Doctors Radio Program. It's the Data Doctors Radio Program. Apologize for rattling my bottle. You know what? I think people need to know you're you're sucking it up here today. You're, you're dealing with some uh, pain issues. A little bit. And uh, I am the I'm, what I'm really surprised about is the Vicodin really is not impacting you at all. You're still as goofy as you always Thank are. Thank you. I figured you'd be more goofier. I'm I'm medicated yeah. today. This is this is spanky on medication. I'm actually can I just be honest with everybody? No. I'm trying to give birth to a kidney stone. And it hurts. <laughs> Megahertz. That's uh, computer use. That Look at that. Hey, you're pretty good. I huh? believe that falls under TMI. Why is that TMI? We don't need to get into the details. I just, this You're oversharing on. here. All right. Well, I'm on Vicodin. That's because I, that's why. Facebook.com slash Data Doctors. Where you can overshare every day. <laughs> that's right. Shelly did. Well, actually, she didn't overshare. She no. just shared her problem. She says, I use AOL for my email, and now I'm unable to use my email on my phone. I'm getting a 503 service unavailable notification. I've Googled the problem, and it seems that I'm not the only one having this issue. But Correct. I don't know how to fix this. I don't want to reset the phone and lose all my information, 
which didn't seem to help others who had the same issue. Some say it's Verizon who needs to help me fix the issue. What do I do? How do I get my AOL mail back on my phone? Please help. So, first of all, any, a 503 service unavailable error is a server-side error. So we're going to get a little technical here. But if you ever see a 503 service unavailable error, that is the web server that you're requesting information from, and in this case, AOL's mail servers, is giving you this, I can't do this. And digging into this specific issue with this particular phone type that she's using, uh, it, it seems that there was a recent upgrade to the software for these devices. Mm-hmm. And there's always different versions of different upgrades on different carriers. Right. Um, and the people having this problem are the ones that, uh, that have had this upgrade done on their phone. And what it appears to be is that AOL has to update their web servers to be able to properly deliver the content that these particular phones are trying to to get. So, A, AOL is not going to be, especially if you're using their system for free, um, they're not going to be the most advanced and cutting edge and up-to-date with this stuff. I mean, they're, they're just, I mean, let's face it, they're losing their user base. When I think AOL, I think of something from like the 1980s or 90s. Uh, yes, almost online. Um, <laughs> uh, I do a pretty if good you motive. want to continue to use your AOL system, AOL address, either short term or even long term, what I've done for most of my friends that, are, that, are, that were stuck on that is that I basically set Gmail up so that it could check the AOL account. And bring that stuff in. You can do forwarding. You there's about six different possibilities of what you can do to get around this. Any because you can't do anything about a server side problem. Right. If the server is not able to deliver that content to your device, they have to do something on that server right. to be able to it's deliver like, those those pages. It's to like you. being in a restaurant. If the server has two broken legs, they can't deliver the food to your table. You have to go in the kitchen and get it yourself. Is this like an Italian mafia <laughs> reference? No, it's just a restaurant reference. I'm restaurant. trying to explain what a server does. They bring you your food. They bring, deliver in your... In this case, they say, forget about they it. They forget about forget it. You know, I did this for my buddy My buddy Al, um, got him off of AOL, and what what I did with him is I set up an auto-reply in his AOL account that gave everybody his, his, his new Gmail, new Gmail yeah. address, and so it would automatically send that, and at the same time forward the yeah, original you can message. Do that. So during the transition time, that's easy to do as well. If you've never done this, it's not. It's a really simple thing. You can go into Gmail. Gmail will suck all the contacts and all the messages and everything, <laughs> pulls it right like in. That. I, I can't tell you how much better Gmail is as a mail service, how much better their spam filters are, how much more you can do with Gmail. I, it, it's just, it, And then it becomes, because it's Gmail, it's universal, it's ubiquitous, it, you can get your messages on all kinds of devices and start to connect with the calendars and the apps. And I mean, it's... It's awesome. Um, as we say here, it's much more gooder. Yes, it is. Hey, uh, will there ever be a Facebook dislike? That would also button? be more gooder. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. You know, a lot of times you see these, uh, you know, people like stuff, and, and it could be a tragic thing, and they like it. They're not liking it because they like the tragedy, but there's no dislike button. No, you have to type in dislike. Yeah, dislike. I don't like this. And, and, and so... You know why Facebook doesn't have a dislike button? 
Well, it's because, so from what I understand, it's because everything on the social network, it's it's about positive experiences. Wrong. It's about, <clears throat> it's about sharing in a happy Incorrect. environment. Incorrect. <clears throat> Why would that be? There's no way to monetize a dislike button. But you can monetize a like. Yes. It's all about money, isn't it? Of course it? it is. I mean, look at look at the backlash that Yelp has gotten. Because they basically have sure. essentially a dislike system that, you know, unfortunately with Yelp, if you're new to Yelp and you post a, a, a comment, positive or negative, it's going to get filtered. It's, gonna, it, it's not going to yep. be shown. Yelp's not going to give you any street cred unless you've posted a bunch of different comments on a bunch of different companies over a, uh, over a period, of, period time. of time. You right. can't do it all like this weekend and then suddenly you're, you're a legitimate Yelp user. They're saying, show us that you're going to use our system a lot and often and over a long period of time. Then will give your comments credibility. It's a very skewed system, the Yelp system. Well, and so businesses that, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that have a lot of problems with the, the negativity from a lot of this. And I think that's where Facebook is saying, look, we don't want to encourage negativity because that's just going to create animosity and issues that we don't want to deal with. And frankly, you can't monetize it without it being a, like a hostage situation. Oh, you want to fix the dislikes, you know, pay us. <laughs> it's like, no. Yeah. Don't this even business has 90 dislikes. They're already getting slammed for saying, look, if you want everyone that's connected with you to see your message, pay us and we'll make sure they see it. That's almost, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's kind of there already. So I, to me, that's the reason I don't see them ever doing a dislike button. Because there's no way to monetize it. It just becomes another rat's nest for them to deal with. Yeah. Not going to happen. Yeah, I just, I've always wanted one because there are times when you see those sad stories and you go, oh, I don't want to like that or, you know. But that's the way to you can acknowledge it. It is. Hey, coming up, if you're a parent or if you know somebody that's a parent that's had to deal with this algebra question, science, these crazy things that happen in their homework, we got a tip for you. And we just told you about Gmail a couple of moments ago. We're going to tell you how Gmail has gotten smarter. It's the tech show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors radio program. Say hello to Video VDIO, the new social movie TV rental service from the people who brought you RDO. Say hello to my little friend. Facebook doc, excuse me, datadoctors.com slash radio, where all our links live and my mouth will eventually function. The first rule of technology, restart it. Rule two, ask us at facebook.com slash datadoctors. We don't read our answers from a script. It's the tech show for non-tech people. It's the people. tech show for non-tech people. The Data Doctors radio program. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Help. Spanky needs help. I do, I'm sorry. Spanky's on drugs. Spanky's on Legal. drugs. <laughs> Legal. Legal. Are they subscription drugs? They are subscription <laughs> drugs. <laughs> This, uh, this portion of the show is when we answer a question that ends up being our weekly newspaper column slash blog slash whatever. A lot of slashes. Is. Yes. Slash, slash, slash. This week's question comes from a uh, very inquisitive person named Jamie who says, A friend told me about the Wolfram Alpha search engine. Yes. But when I tried to use it, I was lost. What's it for? What's it for? Mm. And to a certain extent, you're asking the same thing because we did a story on how to use Wolfram, Wolfram Alpha, Alpha right. to dissect your Facebook profile. Right. And it's cool, right? You see all that stuff. And then I'm like, wow, this is really cool. Okay, so first of all, don't think of Wolfram Alpha as a search engine. 
Okay. Okay. Google. When you do a Google search, you get all these different places where information might exist to answer your question, right? Right. Wolfram Alpha is a computational, ready for these big words, computational knowledge engine. Okay. That's how, they, that's how the creators describe this. Sure. Okay? So instead of getting a list of potential sites that may contain the information that you're looking for, right? Like mm-hmm. Google and Bing and these others. They'll actually compute the, the, the answer for you. Okay. Right? So you can ask technical questions like math equations. This is where this, is where this becomes the greatest tool ever ever created for parents that have to help their kids with homework that is over their head. Chemistry, science, math, algebra, trig. I mean, all this stuff that you're going, criminy, I don't remember this. I just blew my mind while you were talking. Go ahead. I typed in what flights are overheard because I, as, as I typed in what, it gave me suggestions. And using our geographical location. Yes. It gave me all the aircraft that are above us right now Correct. in the studio doing the show. Yes. They have amassed this That's crazy. Un- unbelievable amount of computational data in this massive big data database. You're going to start hearing about big data. Um, so you can literally put in like, uh, so, okay, first things, mom and dad or people that are going to use this, grandparent, whatever, do not tell your child about Wolfram Alpha. Do not show them Wilfram Alpha. I'm trying to show you how to, A, keep them from cheating on their homework, and B, make you look like a superstar to your, to your child because you can go and get the answers to these questions. These, so you could actually take one of their math or algebra trig questions, put it in actually as that question, like, you know, what's the answer to a quarter, like a fraction of a quarter times four minus a half. I mean, it's crazy stuff. It's one of the examples that I used. I just found a tangent line. Tangent line, sure. I'm blowing my mind. It, it is the technical information available in Wolfram Alpha. If you've never, ever used it, start with just doing, just go to Wolfram Alpha and type in Facebook report. You'll have to log into your Facebook account book account and allow Wolfram Alpha to, to access your Facebook profile. But it'll come back and tell you all kinds of analytic, analytical data about your Facebook page, who your, who your best friends are, who your real BFFs are, who posts the most, who likes the most of your contents or your comments or whatever. Uh, it's, it's really cool. It's, that's a way to get started. How, would you like to know what the weather was on the day you were born? Yes. You, could, you can actually find out from Wolfram Alpha. All right, I'm going to go look it you up You basically right say, what was the weather on this date in this city or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. It'll actually go on and pull that out. It's crazy. I'm looking at it. Crazy. You want to see a graphical representation of what a second cousin twice removed looks like on your family tree? My, I thought my family tree had one branch. Well, yours does. <laughs> um, you just you type in second cousin twice removed. Let's just put that in there. and It'll any, show you. Yeah, any and all that. How about this? You like doing crossword puzzles? I do. And you like to cheat? <laughs> I don't ever cheat on crossword. I do the New York Times crossword puzzle in pen. So you know how you, you're looking for certain words? Yes. And you have like two or three of the letters and then there's like eight blanks or something? You can actually put that in Wolfram Alpha. Just put an underscore for each of the blank letters. And it'll come back with every single word that could possibly fit that. That's nuts. Right? So then you reverse engineer it and you look at the question. You go, which one of these is most likely the answer to this question? I'm talking major cheating. Anagrams, cryptograms, acronyms. Want to know what they are? Put them in there. 
That's insane. You want to compare two? So, you know, here, here's, here's for people that are doing research papers or, or you know, a thesis or, or they have to write a paper for, you know, whatever. Whatever. History. You can put a comma between two historical figures and it'll give you a side-by-side comparison of those two people. So try this. Do Albert Einstein, comma, Thomas Edison and watch what happens in Wolfram Alpha. I'm doing it right now. I'm telling you. This is very cool. And because it knows, it, it basically has the ability to figure out what your, your location is. You My. can do a lot of location-based searches. It just automatically gives you location-specific information. I can tell you that Einstein was uh, born f- uh, Friday, March 14th, 1879. Uh, Edison, Thursday, February 11th, 1847. So, final thing for you parents that you want to look smart. Here's the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate. Wolfram Alpha has a mobile app. Put it on your smartphone. Wait for your child to ask. Stand behind them. Use your phone. I'm telling you, you're going to give me a hug the next time you see me. It's the greatest thing ever. When we come back, what's going to replace Java and the BlackBerry people? They're trying to convert you Android and iPhone users. We'll tell you all about it. Coming up here on the Data Doctors radio program. It's finally here. It's time to buy a new PC, but you're stuck. Hey, it's the Data Doctors here to help get you unstuck. When you buy a new PC from Data Doctors, we actually custom configure it right down to your operating system, Windows 7 or the new Windows 8. Now, if you're ready to be a trailblazer with your new Data Doctors PC, we'll configure it with the new Windows 8. But let's say you're not ready to jump feet first into the pool. If you like what you're used to, we can custom configure a Data Doctor system with Windows 7. We even have a third option. We can install Windows 8, but give you the look and feel you're used to, you know, the start button and all, and that way you're ready to go. And with any Data Doctor's PC purchase, we transfer all the important stuff from your old computer for free. Windows 7 or Windows 8, Data Doctor's gives you the freedom to choose. Oh, and if you have a PC and you want us to handle the upgrade, we can do that too. Now, get ready to experience award-winning service from Data Doctor's. To find the location nearest you, go to datadoctors.com right now. Data Doctor's. Since 1988, we're the tech guys for non-tech people. It's the tech show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors radio program. If you want to hear the Data Doctors radio program before anyone else does, become a Data Doctors insider today. Sign up now for our weekly newsletter, datadoctors.com slash radio. Because all of you newsletter subscribers, you already know this, you get instant access to the radio program. That's right. Click and listen when it hits your inbox. On air. Online. On demand. Datadoctors.com. Datadoctors.com slash radio. Listen live. Download podcasts. And get helpful links. Datadoctors.com. Datadoctors.com slash radio. I prefer to think of it as click and win. Click and win. Click and win. Click number 17. Hey, you know else? Uh, how else you can click and win is click on over to our Facebook page and ask us whatever tech questions you're having and bada bing, bada boom. We'll, we'll get answer you, it. We'll get you answered. Yeah. Ronald wanted to know. He said, I took Java off my laptop. Now what's going to replace it? So let's kind of <laughs> roll back to what kind of started this. The fine folks at uh, the Department of Homeland Security came out with some very stern warnings recommending that people remove Java from their computers. And, of course, people are going, A, what's Java? B, <laughs> what? I, did, I didn't know I had it. Yeah, and who put C, it on there? How do I remove it? So, Ronald, it says, it sounds like he kind of listened to that advice or listened to our advice because we wrote a column on how to do this um, and had it removed. And I think in his mind, he's thinking, okay, when is it safe to go back in the water? Right. It's not. 
Java is never going to be safe. So the real question is, do you need Java at all? And the fact that you took it off your laptop and you were able to do everything you wanted to do on the web means you don't need Java. Right. If you have Java-dependent stuff that you, websites you that you go to. you have to guess. Right. You'll know because the internet will basically break for you. Things will not work right. They, they won't look right. They won't function properly. That means you're Java-dependent. But a lot of stuff, for a lot of people who just do basic web surfing and check email, things like that, Java is unnecessary. It's not. Yeah, it's, it's certainly not necessary. So. Here's the advanced way to deal with this. Do I need Java? I don't know. What if you do once in a while? You don't want to have to install it, do what you're going to do on the internet, and then uninstall it. Right. So here's what you do. Here's, a, here's your subscription. Is this the bonus tip? This is your prescription from the subscription from the data doctors. We've told you multiple times why you should have multiple browsers. Right? Multiple times, multiple browsers. Right. Internet Explorer, Firefox, Chrome. I have all three on all my machines. Part of it has to do with I just test things all the time. But the other is just so that I can always bounce around and troubleshoot. So I'm having a problem in Internet Explorer. I jump over to Firefox and see if the same problem exists. Right. tells me very quick if it's a browser issue, if it's a website or the machine. When it comes to using Java on a web browser, the safest way to use it is through Google's Chrome. Google has more security for, for, for dealing with this kind of thing. I won't get into the technical details, but Google Chrome will definitely give you a little bit better coverage if you do need to use Java. So turn Java off or re- remove it from Internet Explorer and Firefox and have it available only in Google Chrome mm. so that when you are um, surfing around and you realize, okay, I'm at a website, I'm on Firefox, I have a, I'm on a website that requires Java and I care and I want to use it and I trust the site, pop over to Chrome, copy and paste the link into Chrome and use Chrome just whenever you need Java. So that's another way to manage this. That makes sense. But again, if you removed it and everything works for you, don't mess around with it. It's a dangerous, exploitable, one of the most easily and commonly exploited tools because Java is a universal language that can be used on any platform. Mac, Windows, it doesn't matter. Linux. So when they exploit Java, they don't really care whether you're on an Apple device or a Windows device, whatever, right? And again, that's where most of the threats are happening these days. They don't care about the platform. The, huh, I'm safer because I'm on a Mac thing. That's another reason why that's not true is they're not going after the Mac operating system. Right. They're going after what you use in the Mac operating system. Browsers, Java, Adobe Flash. Common common things that everyone uses. Yes. So Here. check it out. We've got that article posted at Facebook, or excuse me, at datadoctors.com slash radio. Hey, Gmail uh, users may, uh, may rejoice once again because Gmail searches have just gotten smarter. So Gmail is now giving you more autocompletes to get smarter predictions when you're searching for something. So let's say if I was looking for an email from Ken Colburn and I wanted to do a, a search inside my Gmail, I can type in your name. I can type in part of that sentence that I'm looking for because I knew that in this email you wrote something. And using its predictive past searches, it's... Creating a database of those of those past searches to make your current searches more smarter. It's holding on to those searches longer and giving you the you're, ability. What do you get? What I'm saying? Yeah, you're gonna have to be more smarter to actually understand what you're saying. I'm sorry. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I, it's just, it's one of those things that's so hard to, to use words to explain. I'm trying. I know. I'm using a lot of words. I know. I'm thinking we sh- Let's just show them. Well, yeah, we just yeah, check out the link at... <laughs> datadoctors.com slash radio. Yeah, another reason to use Gmail as well. Exactly. Um, BlackBerry 10. Mm, the BlackBerry that's supposed to save BlackBerry from extinction. They're trying to, they're trying to convince people, hey, this is, a really, this is a really cool device. You should check it out. So they created an interesting little app or a, actually a, a website where you can... Test the BlackBerry 10 on your iOS or Android device. All right. So for you users of either of those two device I. If, th- yeah. If you're actually considering, if you want to figure out, you know, is the BlackBerry 10 something I should consider? Interesting way of trying to lure people over. Yeah. They want to convert you by showing it, showing you how it works. You know, you, you know the environment that you currently live in. You know how it works and how it functions. They want to give you the opportunity to see their device and its functionality through your user, like I got, a, I got a bonus tip for anybody that actually has a BlackBerry Ten. What is that? There's a setting in there that says share what I'm listening to with mm-hmm. others mm-hmm. Um, on the phone. Apparently, there was just a story out where um, that means when you're at Pornhub.com, oh no, it shares that you are listening to stuff from that website. Uh, that's not listening. <laughs> so sir. you BlackBerry Ten users better be careful. You want to talk about oversharing? Don't share your porn. That's right. Hey, you're listening to the tech show for non-tech people. It's the Data Doctors radio program. Ask us your tech questions even when we're not on the air here at facebook.com slash data doctors. Remember, we deal with computers and technology problems for a living. We're experts at this stuff. We can help you in our Data Doctors stores, in your home, at your business. We can even remote in right over the internet and help you fix your problems. And if you like the program, you should share it with your friends. And if your friends aren't around, they can listen to us on Stitcher Radio. That's right. They can listen, laugh, and learn with the Data Doctors anywhere in the world. It's the Data Doctors, Ken and Spanky. Remember, we're on TV, on the radio, online. We're everywhere. Get all your tech answers in English at datadoctors.com slash radio. It's the tech show for non-tech people. This This is the Data Data Doctors Doctors Radio Radio Program. Program.